Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Thanks for joining us. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are with you from 12 to 3 p.m. And you can join us, text us. Give your comments on the Garage Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610. Talking a lot of round ball after this weekend. I think I think this is correct. But with all of the buzzer beaters and the overtime games, men's and women's college basketball combined, I think we have something like six buzzer beaters. That's not even including some of the OT games that you got that weren't buzzer beaters or just the close ones that came down to the wire. Not only did you have the buzzer beaters in the close games, but we had some pretty big narrative defining games for North Carolina beating Virginia at home, keeping their tourney chances alive. NC State getting beat down by Clemson, who all of us gave a confidence level of zero on the one to 10 meter going into the weekend. We gave Clemson a zero because if you lose to Louisville, then you just might have that number attached to you as far as how confident we can be in you winning basketball games. And they destroyed NC State, who is pretty much on the opposite end of the spectrum with our confidence level. So a bad loss for the Wolfpack after we thought that they were handling prosperity well. They indeed are not after that loss to the Clemson Tigers. But the Charlotte Hornets are, goodness gracious, four winning, uh, four games in a row now. I knew as soon as you said about Orlando being seven games ahead of them, I said this would be so Queen City. Uh-huh. Don't. So Queen City. Are you trying to blame me now if we don't get women? No, I'm not blaming you, but I'm just saying it would be not because you said it, but just the fact that that scenario, I said, <laughs> now you were pretty confident in it. I said that would be so Queen City. If you are, no, you can't do this. You cannot put together a resume or some kind of plan of saying, hey, if we don't get Victor Wembanyama, it all starts with Walker saying that they were cemented in a bottom four spot. I don't just do might. I just <laughs> might. You're starting up the Queen City magic. You're conjuring the Queen City magic. This is some, some of the stuff that could happen here. Yeah. Orlando start losing games. We get high mm-hmm. and we're out of it. Um, Moose is already writing in. Clemson isn't a bad loss. They're one of the top teams in the league, Walker. Man, you cannot be NC State and lose to Clemson the way you did. And that can be any, considered anything else other than a bad loss. You might lose to Louisville. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, that's awful. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that no, that one is awful. But also even NC State with what we were talking about yes, with them. Yes. We all had like, hey, how far can they go in the tournament? talks that's what we were doing with the wolf pack mm-hmm. and then you get beat down like that that is a bad loss for me so lots of round ball let's dive right into it because it was a great weekend for basketball the nba and college basketball let's do it right now little country bus driver open up the doors we look good getting off the bus i got something to say damn 
money here on the text line too. Wes Walker, Lil Country. You heard it here first. The Tar Heels will win out and make it to the tournament. People are feeling good about North Carolina after they beat Virginia 71-63. to Virginia with a couple of losses in ACC play in the last week after dropping that game against Boston College and then dropping another one to UNC. Fitty called it. He had confidence that the Heels would take care of business. I forget what our predictions were. I think maybe maybe we didn't even give any, but it did seem to me that North Carolina was going to play a lot tougher here against Virginia, considering they didn't have Armando Baycott the last time these teams played because 30 seconds in, Baycott suffers that injury and then they don't have him the rest of the way, they lose in Charlottesville. Huge win, right? Like, it's absolutely something that the Tar Heels needed to keep their tourney chances alive. Where's the confidence meter for you and the Heels right now after this victory? Uh, not much higher. I'm just going to be frank. And it's not the Carolina hate coming through. Uh, it's just the fact that this is a Virginia team that just got beat down by Boston College. They didn't shoot the ball well. They didn't score much. And it was much of the same versus uh, the Tar Heels when you talk about the fact that you know, Carolina won a game in which they only had 20 paint points, four second chance points, and Virginia had more points off turnovers than them. Virginia just simply couldn't make shots. Uh, they got outscored by Carolina 30-12 to 12 on three-pointers, and we know that Carolina's not a really good shooting team and 17-5 from the free throw line. So I just feel like they caught a Virginia team at just the right time. They're not playing good basketball, slumping badly offensively. But, hey, for Carolina, you'll take it any way you can get it right now. And it's not your fault that Virginia isn't playing bad. You came in and did what it was that you needed to do and got a big win against a team that's sure to drop. But at the time, coming into your building was a top 10, top 15 team. So, you know, Carolina got the job done. But I don't know that I glean much from it as far as this being a watershed moment for them. I mean, they hit shots. That's the thing about North Carolina is the fact that they hit shots right from the get-go. And Pete Nance came out firing. He had 22 points. This is a team that... The Caleb Love variance matters a lot. And if Caleb Love goes 2 of 12, 1 of 8 from 3, this is a Tar Heel team that, especially against Virginia, if Caleb Love puts in that kind of performance, you probably expect an L. Even with Baycott, if I told you, Caleb Love 2 of 12 from the field, Baycott only gets off 6 field goal attempts and makes 4, I'm probably telling you North Carolina loses that game. But R.J. Davis did just enough. Pete Nance, we talked about his uh, contributions. And then Puff Johnson, I thought was very good off of the bench scoring his eight points grabbing five rebounds hitting a couple of threes so really like what she got from puff johnson yeah i don't know if i'm looking at this and saying oh north carolina is here now but they did absolutely what they needed to do um win against virginia they have another game against duke to end the regular season. We'll see what they can do against the ACC tournament. Fiddy, I know you're always checking in on bracketology. Penn State's loss looms large for North Carolina's chances. So where are you on the bracketology? What does Joe Lenardi have these guys out uh, at? And how good are you feeling about their tourney chance? Look, they still got to win out in the regular season. Like, like They can't turn around and lose tonight. They lose tonight to a bad FSU team. They got to win four games in four days in Greensboro. And I don't think this team is going to do that. And maybe it's just me looking at this with, with Tar Heel blinders on or whatever. The thing about their win on Saturday was as good as they shot the ball, they won that game because they defended. And that carried over from that Notre Dame game. Especially in the second half. Yeah, they have defended back-to-back -back really good games, and their defense is leading to easier offense. 
And if that happens more consistently, they're going to be a dangerous team come the ACC tournament and then if they get into the big dance. All right, now on the flip side, let's talk about NC State's loss, right? How bad is this one for State? Because you do look and see Clemson towards the top of the standings. Clemson did lose to Louisville. They had been trending downward, and NC State, the exact opposite. We were talking about them being a, what, second weekend team, Sweet 16, just how far could this team go? And, I mean, they just get shellacked against the Clemson Tigers. What do you make of this performance and what we saw in this one uh, um, in the noon game this weekend? Well, first of all, Clemson's win by them was a, the largest by a Clemson team against NC State since 1940. So a historic drubbing. They came up there and put on them. I think this was a bad loss. Uh, you know, we've had conversations on the air how this Clemson team is not a tournament team despite what their record is, which I'm not completely sure about, but we'll see. But, I mean, they just came up there from the onset. I don't know if NC State was overlooking them. I don't know what their problem was on Saturday. But Clemson came out from the gate playing like a team on the mission, team on a mission. Mm -hmm. I mean, P.J. Hall, 20 points. Brevin Galloway, 28.7 of 9 from the field. And I'm sorry, Terquavion Smith, for as much as we talk about him, you know, you can't come out in your house, score 10 points, get outplayed by Brevin Galloway. Jarkel Joyner, only 16 points. It seemed like... The DJ Burns was the only guy that came ready to play with 24 points. Other than that, Jock Hill Joyner and Terquavion Smith, they run around and talk about how they're the best backcourt in the ACC. But there's been some big games this year where they've disappeared. Terquavion Smith in his last five games has only been scoring 13 points, yeah. 33% from the field. That's not going to cut it. And he has to go back to being a difference-maker type player that he's billed to be. But Clemson came in there and took their cookies and went home. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's hilarious you said that. Colin <laughs> just came in and, and took, took cookies. He literally had, had just came into the studio. That is amazing by you. He literally just <laughs> came in and took the lemon Oreos that got Pete Nance. And that's what they did. Yep, going on this uh, game against Virginia. You bring up Terquavion Smith. You know, it's interesting because... Terquavion actually has not been playing all that well. He has not. The last five games. And we had still, I think that's kind of the reason that we had bought in to NC State. One of their better players in Terquavion was not shooting well at all, but it was Jarkel Joyner going ballistic. 10 of 17 against Boston College in that way. Oh, yeah, back-to-back 29-point game. Yeah, 11 of 21 against North Carolina, 12 of 20. I mean, monster games, right? 29, 29, and even 26 in the last five. And then he goes cold. Terquavion on goes cold so you you only can rely on dj burns and that's it and it's just it wasn't enough and right. so now turquavion you're so right like as much as i love turquavion as much as i had talked about him before the season how him coming back was huge for this wolfpack team man the last five games despite us feeling good about them it just hasn't worked and so we'll see if he's able to get on track going into the acc tournament yeah. but nc state yeah i'm with you like if we're, if we're going to talk about NC State, quote-unquote NC Stating, if you lose to Clemson and it's a couple points and you lose by one of those buzzer beaters that were all the rage this weekend yeah. or you lose by a couple possessions, then maybe you have an argument of NC State not NC Stating. It's just a loss and whatever. But, man, 25-point loss, that's how, you, that's how you NC State. That That is the thing that brings back the mantra or the reputation of all of the bad things that happened to that program. Like 25 points, that's the way that it does that. So we'll see if they're able to bounce back. Last thing, moving on to the NBA before then we do a position breakdown running back style in the next segment. Charlotte Hornets, West, they've won four straight games. Yes. 
And here we are discussing whether it's a good or a bad thing. Ultimately, even if they have this win against Detroit tonight, because Detroit is at the Spectrum Center, Detroit is one of the teams. We'll draft the guy from Alabama. Don't worry. <laughs> and Detroit is one of the bottom four teams in all the NBA. This thing could get real. Like the Hornets actually could have a five-game winning streak beyond. They're healthier. I mean, mm-hmm. even with no P.J. Mm-hmm. Washington. Mm-hmm. I still don't think they're going to get out of the bottom four. But I also didn't expect them to go on a four-game winning streak. Would you forgive them for this if they don't? I mean, if they do? Like if they... You can say don't or do. If they do end up playing themselves out of it or if they don't get into the bottom four. Well, knock. I'm going to knock on wood now just to get rid of all the bad karma. <laughs> but it still is going to be really hard to get anywhere out of the bottom five. Because even if you get past Orlando in the wrong way, yeah. Indiana and Los Angeles on the other side, okay. the Lakers, you know, like the, the worst it feels like it could possibly get is the fifth best odds. Okay. I still don't want them to drop a spot. I don't. But, yeah, it's obviously getting a little dicey with them having won so many in a row. Here's the good thing, though. Mark Williams balled out against Miami. He did. 18 points, 20 rebounds. we got to be feeling good about the first round. Yeah, man, he was the first Charlotte Hornets rookie since Alonzo Mourning to have a 15-20 when Zoe had 36 points and 22 boards against Detroit. So maybe that's a good omen for Mark coming into this game. He was huge. He had the huge dunk at the end to seal the deal. He looks like he's really starting to come into his own. And when we talk about what we wanted to see down the stretch from this basketball club, that's one of the things we wanted to see was Mark Williams continue to develop, continue to look like a great investment and a lottery pick. Campus Corner will talk a little bit more about the exciting weekend in college basketball. Also, the Charlotte 49ers getting the job done, too. North Carolina getting the job done. ACC, that'll be coming up again at 1245. But coming up next, we continue the Panther position breakdown series. It's all about the running back. We're going to discuss Deontay Foreman, what the Panthers look like at that spot pre and post. Christian McCaffrey, Weston Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wes has both me and Fiddy scared. He ruined the mood that we were in. Off can't of tell him. <laughs> we can't tell him. It's got to be secret. I'm just going to tell you. I'm not doing whatever it is you cooked Come up on, during man. the break. We gotta... See, that's that's Fiddy. Look, Wes is now mad at Fiddy yeah. because Fiddy's not going to do it. <laughs> Last week was enough for me putting myself out there on social media. So we can't tell the people. You don't want to tell people to keep an nah, eye out. if we do it, we're going to put it on them as a surprise, and they're going to love it. So it's what? not, Fiddy doesn't understand. It's about the greater good. It, it's not supposed to look good. <laughs> the 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 failure and the 
the realism of it is mm-hmm. what is going to make this one go more. It's going to be more explosive than the last. I, I think it's actually going to be the exact opposite of explosive, what we're about to do. <laughs> do you see the look in his eyes? Yeah, he's I a little mean, too happy. I mean, it's gold. It just came to my head <laughs> like a thief in the night. And I said, we should do it. Yeah, you did. And now we can't tell the people. But I'll say... In my opinion, it's going to be the exact opposite of explosive. Whatever. So you're video. down, though. It sounds like you're in. I mean, kind of, but I also realize that there's going to be more embarrassing stuff going out there. Yes. There's going to be more embarrassing. That's what the people want. That is the content that the people they do. want to see. No, I'm not going to disagree with you that's there. That's what I'm saying. They do want to see us embarrass ourselves quite yes. a bit. And that's yes. what you're proposing here, to be honest with you. Yes. Because... In a way, I think we I think we could look West, I. Wes, no I'm going to look I. <laughs> in what? In any of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I work out four times a week. I'm ready to rock. I mean, oh, well, I, I don't want to give anything away, but when you compare some of the things we're about to do, maybe <laughs> tomorrow, Wednesday, I guess we're going to have to do it tomorrow because it's nicer weather again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 80 degrees. So you'd be feeling good, man. And get the sun, get your muscles warm. You'd be ready to go. Yeah, I'm going to be mean? out of breath in three seconds. I'm going to see what we can do. I'm going to hit up some of my people. I, I don't want more people to see this. No, in no, just some of the people that can give us access to the resources that we need. I, I need a lot more resources than what could really theoretically be out there to help me. Like, yeah. I need more than what is available to me. Yes. In order to help me, in order to help Fitty, who's probably not going to even do it. But we'll see. You He's going to do it. Don't worry. He's going to do it. <laughs> Fitty, I, I was coming in earlier today. And Fiddy, just in a good mood, but he was acting very much so like I'm in charge. We were talking about being out and about. We're going to be out at the Big South Tournament later on this weekend, or on Friday, I should say. And so we were discussing being out there in the streets a little bit more. And Fiddy, talking to one of our sales reps, and he was saying, yeah, yeah, no, my guys don't have a choice. We're going to be out there. He said that about us. Right. Yeah, he did say that. Like, like he is the one calling the shots. And I'm I'm right there. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm right, basically. you weren't even 100 or but he didn't even care even if i was there he was like no my guys will be out wherever like they don't have a choice we need to be out in the streets and fitty acted like it was mm. it was his call he just gets mm. to talk about all of it 704-570-9610 you can text us via the garage door guru text line or you can oh. follow us on twitter as well at wes and walker w-e-s-a-n-d-w-a-l-k E-R. Mike from Forest City asking a volleyball tournament. I don't know why that popped up in his head, but that would be kind of fun to have a volleyball tournament. That would be. But that's not what we're doing tomorrow. That is not what we will be doing. Um, Wolfpack James, kind of mad when we talked about NC State. Blah, 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 what he wrote in. Who cares about one loss? I'm not freaking mm-hmm. out yet. And I guess I'm not saying, <laughs> like, freak out. But it's a bad loss, how you showed up this weekend. You're out there wearing your throwback uniforms. You you take a whole week to celebrate your last title team, which Wolfpack James probably wasn't even born to see play. And you go out there and you get ran off your home court by a team that lost to the worst Power 5 team in the ACC, uh, the second worst in the country behind California. It's typical NC State fandom, man. Uh, Fitty, Fitty is uh, very happy that NC State suffered this loss this weekend. Uh, I, I like the game that KC Steve is trying to play. He's trying to guess the video, and so feel free to make a guess on the Garage Door Guru text line, what we're talking about. I'll give the people a couple of hints. Yeah, and put some things in there you'd like to see us do, maybe, because no! we're taking ideas. <laughs> no! 
what are you doing? I said, he's scared I, just, to death. I said things they want to see us do. That doesn't mean we'll do it. So, so here's the thing. It is physical. The video is going to be a physical challenge. I think that's fair to say that it'll be physical. There will be a lack of athleticism shown once again compared to the video that we had where we put together some dunking highlights. So those are some of the hints that we'll put out there. Casey Steve, he said, oh, God, Wes wants to make a WFNZ calendar, LOL. No, we are not going to make a calendar. Mm. Although, what month would Fitty be if he was the cover for a calendar? Oh. Which one would you want to be, Fitty? One of the warmer months? You want to be July? Out there in, like, some some short shorts, maybe some some jorts you could be in and, and wearing some kind of American flag vest. That's how I see you. I was going to go for December because I think I could pull off the Santa Claus look. Okay. And there there could be some Monica Gellers out there where that might do them for a woman or two. <laughs> you, the, the Santa outfit entire, that's what you think will help you. Okay. <laughs> I'm down to see you at least try. Yeah, Bronx Mike is riding in swimsuit competition. Uh Mike from Mooresville said combine workout. That's his guess. I know a lot of people put those kinds of videos out there. Mike from Forest City said a pull-up or a push-up contest. I would lose all of that. I would The pull-ups, man. When we had the pull-ups are, pull are tough. They are tough. And it was the only thing that would keep me from the presidential fitness award in elementary school. I could run the mile fast enough. I could do everything else except for the pull-ups. Couldn't do one. Could not. And you had to do like five in order to get the presidential award. Oh, wow. Couldn't do one. Yeah, the rope. I could never do the rope, nor did I want to because I didn't want to go that high up. Yeah, the, the rope, that's tough. And then you had to like <laughs> squeeze the horn at the yeah, very top. Yeah, nah, I'm good on that. Now, I always got, what was it, national? I think I think there was a break in presidential and, and national fitness. I forget what it was, but those were the two. All right, let's talk about the running back position, continuing the Carolina position breakdown series that we're going through. And it was an interesting year at that spot because you had Christian McCaffrey. Carolina had been interested in trading him the last couple of seasons because he had been hurt so much the previous two years. Well, for the most part, he stayed healthy this season and Carolina traded him to San Francisco and in return, Carolina got a ton of picks back. And I do think it ended up being a fantastic trade. Deontay Foreman had a very good year when he entered the starting running back role. And I think Chuba did a lot better job as the season went on. And Chuba was not somebody I was overly excited about based mm -hmm. off what he had done earlier in the season, had the fumbling issues, and even last year, just so many dropped passes, not helping out in third down scenarios. But overall, I thought Chuba Hubbard actually ran the football pretty hard and was pleasantly surprised about his production as it went on. How do you feel about the running back room right now, Wes Bryant? Uh, I think it's I think it's solid. If I was to put a letter grade on it, I would say a B. Uh, you don't have that complete back that you had when you traded them to the San Francisco 49ers. Thank you, guys. I uh, appreciate that, Carolina. But as far as the two running backs that you do have, when you talk about Chuba Hubbard, you know, you're not getting a lot in the receiving game from either one of these guys. 19 combined catches. But when you look at the running that you got from the two, almost over 1,300 yards. For these guys, over 1,300 yards. Foreman had a career best season, five rushing touchdowns, 846 rushing yards, four yards a carry. 
he's been playing really well. And excuse me, let me, that was before the last game, update that 914 rushing yards, five touchdowns, four and a half a clip. It's just from him, you want more than five catches for 26 yards, especially in an offense with Thomas Brown coming from the Rams where mm-hmm. they, you know, they like to employ that 11 personnel. You need a versatile back like what they had then, Todd Gurley and some of the other backs that they've had that can run and catch. So, uh, Foreman, I definitely, Foreman and Hubbard, I definitely think are great backs. This could be a running back room by committee um, as far as if they add another back during the draft that would be more of the third down mode that could be your receiving threat unless you go out in free agency and look for a guy which the Panthers don't have a lot of money. There are some difference maker backs on the market, whether you talk about Josh Jacobs. I mean, Saquon Barkley, I don't think the Giants are going to let him go anywhere. Tony Pollard, I think the Cowboys will probably keep him. But then you look at like a Miles Sanders. But even still, that's seven and a half a year. I don't know if the Panthers want to go that high. But a guy like David Montgomery at around, they project his contract to be 6.5. He's that three down back that you're looking for. Guy that can make people, uh, you know, miss tackles, 185 missed tackles on him over the past four seasons. But he's a guy that can, uh, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield. So we'll see. It's, it, it's interesting. There's some work to be done there, and I think they'll probably address it either with a low-end free agent or maybe a mid to lower round pick in the draft. Yeah, and, and let's start with Deontay Foreman because he's the running back a lot of people are paying attention to whether Carolina is going to bring him back or not. And he is a fantastic runner of the football. Running back this day and age has to do a little bit more than just run the football if you want to be a three-down guy. Yes. And Deontay, as much as I love what he can do on first and second down, he's just not a three-down guy. And Wes, if you look at the last few games of the season, if you want to take a look at the last five, he actually played less than 50% of the snaps where he was giving you 68% of the snaps, 68-54 in the first half of his starting role this season, right? The guy had five receptions all in all. There were a couple games he had two catches, one catch against Seattle. That's it. He's just not a receiving running back. And if he's not helping you catch the football out of the backfield and the yards per carry or just the running game and working, because it's not necessarily all Deontay's fault. It can be the offensive line's fault sometime. They're just not generating enough push up front. Mm -hmm. And the defense on the other side is very good at stopping the run. Sometimes you're going to go up against defensive strengths where their strength is stopping the run. How can Deontay help you against those defenses? Well, he can't. He just can't do it. And so that's why I want to get a receiving running back. And if you want to do the committee thing, cool. I'm I'm very much in, in, in here for that. I would like to see them bring in a guy that can receive the football out of the backfield, that can play alongside Deontay Foreman, and then even Chuba Hubbard. I, I think I thought he was kind of a sneaky cut candidate. Not mm-hmm. not this season, really, but then maybe going into next year. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that guy has played himself on the roster and did a pretty nice job. But really, it's all about one thing for me, Wes. I'm cool with keeping Deontay as that first and second down guy, but I absolutely would like someone that's a little bit more unpredictable. If Deontay's in the game, the dude's either running it or you're play action passing to somebody else not named Deontay. You bring in somebody else as a receiving, uh, receiving threat, he'll be unpredictable and a lot harder to stop for the defense. What about a draft scenario to where the Panthers don't move up, the quarterbacks are gone, and a, a B. John Robinson is sitting there. He's falling for well, some you, reason. To number nine. 
He's sitting there, number nine. Oh, yeah. You can pick him. Would you pull the trigger on him? Bijan is an amazing running back. And I don't know how controversial this is going to be, but I talked about it with the linebacker spot. I ain't drafting Bijan number nine. Okay. As good as he is. Because he's he, projected top five, yeah. six. Yeah, he's awesome. I just don't want to spend that kind of money mm-hmm. on Bijan Robinson. I would rather wait in the draft because that position, there have been quite a few guys mm-hmm. that will go later in the draft and can be outstanding. Hell, we've seen it quite a bit with some of these teams, especially that end up winning the Super Bowl. They spend money elsewhere, and their leading rusher is like undrafted guys, second, third, fourth, fifth rounders. So that's what I'm doing. And if you want to bring back Deontay Foreman on a decent contract, I'm cool with it. It's all about somebody that can catch the ball. Out of the I back. think a perfect pick for the Panthers in the draft, if they did take a fly on the back, I think the optimum for what they need would be a Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. He would be perfect for what they need, just what they need. I mean, he runs good enough to almost be a feature back. Don't know what the size, if you want to, you know, put that pounding on him, but he's a great uh, threat out of the backfield. And Sean Tucker from Syracuse as well, ACC guy. He's a really, he's a guy that people are going to sleep on and I think could get in the league and make some noise. But those are two of the kind of backs that you want. The thing is, you would think that the Panthers are going to bring Foreman back. What kind of commitment do you think they're willing to make uh, to him as far as money-wise? What do you feel most comfortable in there? Because when you look at a guy like David Montgomery, that's a, you know, they, they're talking about three years, six and a half. He ran for 801. He was four, four pop, five mm-hmm. touchdowns. He caught 34 balls and a score. So, I mean, is 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 that in line for what you're thinking for Deontay Foreman? You thinking five mil a year? What do you think? Yeah, I... For, for David uh, Montgomery, he can do a lot of it as far as he's a three down back. He absolutely can help you in that mold. I, I don't know if I would pay six and a half million for David Montgomery. I don't know what Deontay Foreman's going to get, too, as a guy that can't catch the football out of the backfield either. But, yeah, like for me, I think this is a great way to save some money on the payroll. A team, by the way, that could stand to save a lot of money. We just saw them restructure Austin Corbett's contract. I think they saved $6 million against the cap. That came in during the Kyle Bailey show just last week. So that happened right after we got off the air. So they list his current market value at $3.4 million. Deontay Foreman? Yes. I think that's a good number that, to that's, bring him back. Yeah, three million—that's fine with me. I mean, that's that's low, and we'll see if he's trying to go out there and get something else. But what about you? Like, what what is your number that you would give to a Montgomery or a Foreman or a higher end running back? Is this a position you think, hey, let's go ahead and save some money here and allocate it elsewhere? Um, if I'm in the Panthers cap situation where I'm kind of up against it, yeah, big time. Uh, if I'm if I'm in their shoes and I bring back Foreman, uh, like I said, at around a three point four per year. Chuba Hubbard, you still have him as well. And then in the draft, like I said, I, I try to get in that day two range, try to maybe see if I can get a Gibbs or get a Sean Tucker or something yeah. like that. Get one of those guys. That's probably what I do. I agree. I, I, I like if Foreman is not asking for anything too crazy, and I mean, I, I don't expect him to, right? But if he's, you know, going to be costing, let's say, four or five million, whatever, and you have to figure out what the guaranteed money is for somebody like Deontay Foreman, and then you draft somebody that can help you out of the backfield as well, I'd be cool with it. You have Chuba, you have Deontay, you draft the running back, you're ready to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that kind of approach. 
towards the NFL. I'm not signing anybody in free agency. Uh, to say, though, I mean, a lot of interesting names out there on the free agent market. You just went down the list with Miles Sanders, Montgomery, yeah. even Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned. I mean, I, I wouldn't pay that much money at all for Jacobs, but had an, had a monster year with the Raiders offense. He's so. great dual threat running back. Oh, yeah, big time. So he's very good. I'm just not going to pay for it. We'll come back, talk a little bit more about the running back position a little bit later on in the show. But we got to get to the first Fitty Flash of the day before Campus Corner. What you got for us, Fitty? I would like to say that I would compete and do very well in the pull-up competition because I've got uh, great forearms. Okay. I think that would go a long way in that we can uh, film competition. It if you want. We can film it if you want. Um, but for my flash, the Chicago Bears have been approached by multiple teams about trading the number one pick in this year's draft. Uh, and they are leaning towards moving the pick, according to uh, to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Since the AFL-NFL merger in 1967, the number one pick has been traded 12 times before the start of the draft, with the last happening back in 2016. It is Combine Week, where we will overreact, or we will analyze guys in underwear and GMs talking oh, about the underwear take. guys yes. in underwear. Uh-huh. With this report coming out, do you think Carolina is going to be in play to trade for that number one pick or trade for Justin Fields. Yes. They're, they're going to talk. I don't think that anything is eventually going to happen, which is not, you know, I mean, it, if you were to bet number one overall pick for Carolina, Justin Fields, or anything else, then anything else absolutely has a higher likelihood of happening. I just eventually think Chicago is going to ask for the moon, as they should, to trade for the number one overall pick in Carolina, I just don't want to trade as many picks that it's going to take to go all the way up to number one. I've kind of talked about Stroud, Young, if they're three, four, five range, I think that's your sweet spot. But anything above that, I think it's just going to cost way too much to move up and get a first overall pick or even a Justin Fields, to be honest with you. Uh, I think the Panthers are going to be in the mix uh, for this number one pick. I think they're going to make a play. I don't know how steep they will go as far as what they'll offer, but I do think the Panthers are going to be in the mix as one of those teams that uh, are going to be buying for that top selection. All right, you can continue to text in to the Garage Door Guru text line what kind of video is Wes wanting us to release this week, and Fiddy is fighting it big time. We'll get to that, plus the Campus Corner, coming up next. Wes and Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hit us up on 
Twitter, Wes and Walker. I'm not going to spell it for you today. You can also hit up the WFNZ Twitter as well as the Instagram page. Welcome to the Campus Kona. All right, man, this weekend college basketball, it was lit, to say the least. Buzzer beaters everywhere. Uh, first of all, and we didn't put this in the rundown, but we had to talk about the largest comeback in ACC history. Carolina's opponent tonight, Florida State, coming back from 25 down and beating the Miami Hurricanes on a buzzer beater. I mean, gum. This weekend <laughs> in the ACC, it was like an alternate universe with the things that happened. Uh, between NC State getting throttled by Clemson, Florida State coming back from 25 down, and then you had uh, also it was what was the other crazy game? Well, uh, not in the ACC, but the FSU Miami game got overlooked because of what happened with Michigan State and Iowa, just on a national scale. With Iowa coming back, scoring 23 points, 23 six of nine from three point land in the final minute and a half. That is absolute bonkers. Going over 102, going into overtime, and then seeing Iowa get the job done. That was a crazy game that kind of took away from Miami. FSU. Oh yeah, not only that, like I said, Carolina beating Virginia because that was an upset of sorts as well. So it was just a wild weekend in ACC play. But the FSU Miami game was just—I mean, who would have thought? With the way Miami was playing at home and with them, do you give them any chance of coming in there and beating Carolina tonight? Uh, I think North Carolina is going to get this win, especially with nine wins on the year for Florida State. So, I mean, yes, North Carolina has had enough bad games for me not to be surprised if they go out and lay an egg. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I did see the worst offensive half ever in the first half against Notre Dame. If Caleb Love only hits a couple field goals and Armando Baycott only shoots six times while also not doing the double digit thing from the free throw line. There's absolutely a recipe for North Carolina to lose, but I don't think they will. I think this game is going to be too important, especially I don't, North Carolina is not going to overlook anybody. They realize how big everything is for them to get to the tournament. So yes, there's a recipe, but I'm not going to say it. If you ask me to predict, I think North Carolina does win. and I think they win somewhat comfortably against the Seminoles. All right, so this was an ugly win for North Carolina, but like I said, they'll take it nonetheless. Virginia had more points off turnovers, more points in the paint, more second-chance points, and more fast-break points than the Heels, but UNC outscored Virginia 30-12 to on three, 17-5 from the free-throw line. Pete Nance, 22 points, was 4-for-4 four four from three-point land. Hit all four of his free-throws and blocked the season-high four shots. Let's hear from Hubert Davis on uh, Pete and how well he played on Saturday. I was very proud of Pete, but I was very proud of him. Earlier this week with Notre Dame, I said, you know, there's many ways that you can be a positive uh, impact for a team. And, you know, against Notre Dame, you know, Pete led our team in assists. I think he had a double-double, was perfect from the free throw line. And so it had a season-high five offensive rebounds, so that was huge for us. And, you know, heading into this game, we talked yesterday, and we said at the end of the day, we're going to have to be able to knock down some perimeter jump shots. It is what it is. You know, without us being able to shoot the ball from beyond the arc, it's just not enough space for Armando to go to work. It's not enough space for guys like RJ and Caleb to be able to attack the basket consistently. And... He started us off, and he was really hot from three, and I'm just really happy for 
And so when Pete Nance plays well, there's a specific snack that he enjoys to eat. Biddy, let's hear from Hubert about that snack that Pete Nance enjoys when he's balling out. I asked him, what is your favorite cookie? He said, a lemon Oreo. I said, I've never heard of that before. I said, I've heard of Oreo cookies. I've never heard of a lemon Oreo cookie. And I said, just go to the grocery store. So okay. So I'm going to Harris Cheetah right after practice. I'm going to go look for the lemon Oreo. And I said, if I can't find it, I said, we're going to get in a brawl. <laughs> and he said, fine. And so I went into Harris Cheetah, and there they were. And so after every uh, at home, every uh, pregame meal, he goes up to my office and takes a nap on my couch. And so when he went in there, I had the Oreo cookies laying down. And so right after the game, I walked into the locker room. I said, guys, you have no idea what allowed us to be pretty good today. And he went into the locker, threw the Oreos. He didn't eat it yet. and threw it right there um, on the ground. And then Coach May said, you got to go to Harris Teeter today. So as soon as I leave you guys, I'm going to Harris Teeter. Did you go get some more lemon Oreo cookies? Wow. I mean, like I said, it must have worked because coming into this game, they were 14 of 75 from three since Clemson, and have, and they made 9 of 16 in the first half. So uh, are the Tar Heels powered by the lemon Oreo cookie? Pete Nance is. Pete Nance wanted his favorite treat, and honestly, Pete just needed some good news in his life regarding anything basketball, and really just anything, too, because you're talking about a guy that has not been shooting well at all. He had a tremendous three-point shooting season last year with Northwestern. And if you go back, it's kind of an arbitrary number, but honestly, we all know how much Pete has struggled shooting the basketball from the perimeter this year. But if you want to start back at Duke, the last game on the road against Duke, 0 of 5 in that one. And in that game, come and so six games coming into this contest against Virginia, he had gone 1 of 18 from the three-point line. I mean, that's insane. To then go 4-4 four four against Virginia, he was monstrous in getting this win for the Tar Heels against the Cavaliers. And the only other kind of output that he had offensively like that, you can go back to Syracuse on the road, but it's not that he was even shooting the ball well. He just got to the foul line and hit 80% of his 10 free throws. So he finally got it going. Hopefully, Pete Nance, for his sake, for the Tar Heels' sake, he can start to hit shots at a more frequent level going into the final week of the regular season and beyond. The Duke Blue Devils came out this weekend, and they had a game that, you know, not a lot of fanfare around. They were playing Virginia Tech, who's 6-12 in the league, but they shoot 56% from the field, 38% from three, and they get the job done. They out-rebound the Hokies. They, you know, rebounding in defense that is their hallmark, held Virginia Tech to 40% from the field. What do you think about the Blue Devils? Jeremy Roach had 19, Mark Mitchell 17. Derek Lively starting to get into the double digits yet again. 13, seven boards, three blocks. Man, is this Duke team, are they just getting stronger and stronger? They like grew from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy where every movie you see, they just get big. He's bigger and stronger. Is that the Duke Blue Devil? Well, well, I'm not going to be able to help you on much Groot comparison. I know he's the tree with the raccoon. That's what I know about Groot. Groot. So (laughs) maybe that can be their slogan moving forward. Their starting lineup, every single one of them scored in double digits. Jeremy Roach is starting to click right now, scoring 19 points. But you mentioned Derek Lively and a guy that I've been talking about along with others. It's been Tyrese 
Proctor, four of seven from the field, two of five. Not anything too crazy, but just slow and steady, chipping away and doing a nice job, scoring 10 points, five assists for Proctor, along with Jeremy Roach's 10 assists against Virginia Tech. I felt great about NC State, and I felt great about Duke going into this weekend. Wrong on State, as a lot of us were, getting beat down by Clemson but pretty right on what the Blue Devils are doing right now. A little bit of a trap game. Virginia Tech, enough talent to conceivably pull off the upset, but not in Duke's house. Good game from them, winning 81-65. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think they are starting to play better. And their, their, their issue this season was shooting the basketball. They seem to be doing that better and better with each and every game. They've got a big game with NC State coming up on Tuesday, and then they close out at North Carolina and the Dean Dome. So there's some great ACC action this week as we march towards the men's basketball tournament. The women's basketball tournament uh, starts this week as well. Uh, lots of good teams there. So I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be tremendous. I mean, you got teams that need to get to the tournament. Carolina needs every win they could get going down the stretch. NC State, you know, they they look shaky. So, man, what what was the the craziest thing to you out of all the things that happened this weekend in ACC basketball? In, in ACC basketball, it's the way that State got beat down. And Florida State certainly coming back, that is a fantastic game. They went on a buzzer beater against Miami. That was a team that we had kind of tabbed as the best in the conference. Mm -hmm. I just didn't expect NC State to get beat down like that, especially yeah. against Clemson, who we all had going on a downward trajectory. So honestly, huge win for the Tigers as yeah. they're trying to fight to keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive. Yeah, for me, it was like I said, that FSU game. I just couldn't believe Miami, you know, blew that game at home. But hey, things happen. When we come back, NFL Draft Combine this week. We're going to talk about it. How much do you put into the Combine? Do you enjoy it? We're going to get into all that. This is the Weston Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.